0: Hi everyone, welcome to the DeFi Vader podcast. Today we have an interesting episode with Darren from Earn Guild. Um, so I, I met Darren a couple of weeks ago. We had a really nice conversation. He's, he's a very interesting guy and um, he's working on um, an interesting guild idea project that is quite differentiating from other, other guilds out there. And so I wanted to have him on the pod and he uh, kindly accepted my invitation and now do you wanna briefly introduce yourself?
1: Hello, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, pleased to be on, on your program today.
0: Cool, cool. Um, so what is the story behind Earn Guild? What is your background and how did you decide to build Earn?
1: Yeah, well, we uh, we launched Earn Guild um, in October last year. So we're only a few months old um, because P2E gaming was was uh, you know was, was very popular during 2021, um, really, you know, came out of the blocks, and um, and guilds come out of the blocks. Um, I mean, really, guilds have only been, um, you know, out. You know, they've been a thing. Whilst they've been, a, they've been something obviously amongst the, the the gaming community in the non-P2E sector for many years, many many years, many decades. Um, but guilds for P2E games are a very different beast altogether. And, um, and they're very new, really. Yield Guild Games uh, only launched in uh, June, July last year. And they were the first, you know, the first big guild to, to really bring something to P- for P2E games. And, and me and my co-founder um, yeah, learned uh, learned about what Yield Guild was doing and, and some of the other guilds that had um, had started up. And, and we thought that, um, you yeah, know, we've got the skills and the interest and the knowledge in crypto to, to put a really good guild together.
0: Cool, cool um and how big is your team right there
1: uh there's about um five to ten of us in the sort of core management sort of admin marketing team and then about another 20 um we call them scholar managers so if you like you know the people that are actually you know interacting um with our uh, with our players um with scholars and um and Keeping out, you know, moderating our community, um, you know, keeping active in you know, discord chats and, and the like.
0: Are, are those, I guess those are like kind of, they're scholars, but they're also have additional responsibilities of leading the, the community?
1: Uh, well, that's, a, that's another layer on top of that. Um, the, the 20 or so that I mentioned are all sort of, you know, our people on our team. Um, and they're not all full time, um, but the, um, but in addition to them, we do have um, some players who um who are very active in the community. Um, most of our community lives on discord, okay? So when I talk about the community in my mind, i'm I'm thinking of the of discord, all right? So um, So we do have some players that are very active on discord and and contribute uh, voluntarily. And we have uh, we have made some of them moderators and uh, and we have given some of them, um, you know, some privileges, some admin privileges, and that helps because they're, um, you know, they're in different countries, they're in different time zones. You know, they they're, they're actively playing the game, and um, and and to be honest, they're 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 probably the people that are the most helpful to the actual players because they're the they're the ones that are you know that can relate the most to to um, inquiries that come from players.
0: Yeah, I, I guess they're they're pretty helpful with kind of training the players. Um, telling them which record to pick, telling them which um, how how to play, how to have to learn the game. Um, so so I, I understand that. How many scholars do you have?
1: Uh, we've got uh, 1500 you know, daily active players. We call them so 1500 scholars. Um, so we've we've got a lot more than that in our community. A lot more than so we've got about 27,000 in our Discord community, and we've got about six thousand, six probably seven thousand players that have joined the guild but 1500 of them are a daily active players
0: and are these all Axie scholars
1: um they're mostly um Axie scholars um they, they they basically are you know all but at the fringes we have a few non axie players because we're starting to um bring a few uh, new p2e games into our guild um so there are some non axie players uh and other p2e games um you know beginning um but in the early stages of the guild you know for our first few months we very much focused on on axi and growing um you know growing a, a an Axie scholar community
0: got it um how did you grow from like 10 scholars to 1500 scholars and how are you planning to scale that further
1: yeah good good question um frankly it it really shocked me that we uh, did it so quickly I was about to say it shocked me that we could do it, but it didn't because I always believed we could do it, but I didn't realise that it was actually kind of going to be as easy as it was um, because we haven't really spent a dollar on marketing. Um, So if your question really is, well, how do you grow a guild? Where do you where do you get Axie scholars from? Um, We um, when we launched our Discord community in mid October, we um, we sent our sort of you know, ten or so um, you know, younger scholar, scholar manager type people that I was referring to earlier. So, you know, these are these are guys and girls in their um, you know in their early twenties who are game players that we you know that we got involved in the very early stages. Um, and we we sent them off into Reddit and Discord chats to talk about um, play to earn games and um, and wherever possible in a subtle, gentle way refer to earn guild. Um, so you know, sort of just inter- just just soft marketing by being active in um, in chat groups on on Reddit and Discord, and um, and we found that, that we started just getting inquiries on the on the Earn Guild Discord um, server and uh, and applications, you know, very quickly. And uh, you know, in the first week or two, we were getting like you know, we'd got our first 50 to 100 um, players, and then you know within about a month we were getting 100 to 200 a day um and uh, you know so the community was growing quite quickly and um and within 2 to 3 months you know and that we're now getting we're now getting about 100 to you know probably more like 200 a day but at its peak we we some of the best days we were getting like 500 applications um but I think that underlying all of that, like, you know, I've described how we went out and became active in the community and attracted attention to ourselves, and it came very easily and quickly. But I think underlying all of that was actually a little bit of a, a message amongst the sort of, the herd, if you like, the, the scholars, the pe- players wanting to to find somebody that would make Axie available to them. And the message kind of got out that, oh, there's a new guild over here and they've got Axie and they'll, um. You know if you join the guild they'll give you you know they'll give you Axie. and that's frankly you know and that's what we're doing and that's kind of all anybody's looking for like you know that and and i think what i took out of it really was that actually a, an indication that there are a lot of there's a lot of demand out there but that many of the guilds are actually then there's a lot more demand than, than than the supply and that many of the guilds actually aren't keeping up with the demand so when when a new guild pops up and you know as we did and kind of said hey we're open for a business and we've got we've got Axie available word got around really quickly and the herd the herd came over got it
0: got it um how do you pick scholars
1: uh, well we we had quite a debate in the early days about how how we'd go about that like you know should we interview people um should we make sure that they know how to play Axie you know should we um you know, should we bet them in some way you know do we want better Scott do we want people who are good at it? Who are going to earn themselves and us more money, or kind of will we just take a risk? Um, so what we what we decided to do was was really kind of in a way just take take people on face value who applied um, <coughs> and um, and take them on and give them a chance. Um, I'll, I'll, and then I'll describe in a way what we did was what we did was we took what we do is we take people on and we give them minimums that they have to achieve over the first month. So you, we find out very quickly if somebody's not the real deal, um, and then we don't we don't waste too much time, or and we don't lose our any AC because we just take them off them. Um, so we've established minimums that people a very low minimum that people have to achieve in their first week. Then we establish a slightly higher minimum in the second week, and the third week, and the fourth week. And then by the time they get kind of like to, into their second month, they 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 then need to meet a minimum. Um, you know minimum SLP it is a smooth love potion that the tokens you get out of Axie um, so they then have to meet they have to reach these minimum earnings for um, you know for themselves and for us um, so so yeah essentially you know the simplest answer to your question is how do we take people on well we, we, we almost just kind of choose the people we can get to like if, if you like you know, we've got thousands of people saying please give us Axie that we can play and we we Almost choose almost at random, but in in reality, it's not at random. What it is is it's about when they're on Discord and 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 a scholar manager who's available to onboard someone is on Discord, and and they 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 get together and and um, they have a chat about it, and the the scholar manager does a little bit of pre-vetting to make sure that they're uh, firstly that they're over eighteen, secondly that they're not multi-accounting, you know, thirdly that they're not with another guild, fourth that they're um, they actually. Um, they actually know what they're getting into like you know what the what they're the, the, that they're not just a complete novice or a newbie that they're, they're a bit of a gamer like you know we'd like to try and but that's a very it's a very basic sort of betting but um but we're, we're basically taking people on and giving them a chance and letting them sort of you know prove to us through that they can meet the minimums over the the graduating gradually increasing minimums over the first month and then um yeah and then and then they're right Obviously, you know, the, if down the track they don't continue to meet the minimums, you know, like in two months, in three months, they they get they might get bored, they might you know move on, they might get another day, they might get a day job, and they and they can't play much even at, even though they might want to, even though they're good at it, but they can't meet the minimums, then then we'll uh, you know we'll take their Axie off them at that point, even you know later on because they've not met the minimums. Okay.
0: Yeah, that makes sense i mean i i I hear a bit more return driven like sports approach where you the players with some targets these targets as weeks go on they are going up naturally because the more they play you would expect them to you know um get better at the game and if they are not there are like many more other scholar candidates who would be willing to try a chance and you know get those earnings so i do agree with that approach how are you how have you been funding the growth
1: um well we we uh we had some uh seed capital very early on from uh me and my co-founder and and um you know some of the earliest seed investors um so we we, we had about a million dollars in, in our seed round in in a little october so um so we started off with that and we started buying Axie um you know with those seed funds uh from From there, you know since since late October, so over the last sort of three months, we've funded the growth partly by our token sale that we've we've been we've been undertaking over the last three months and partly by um, you know by the revenues that we've been generating from the scholars that we that we have on the system. So so we're already started to get some internal uh, you know cash organic cash generation and then being able to use that to you know to run the guild. it's It's already profitable and um and we can use some cash that we some of the profit that we're generating from our current scholars to start you know onboarding more scholars.
0: You mentioned that you're looking to invest in other games as well in addition to Axie. Have yeah. you started investing in other games NFTs yet or,
1: or Yeah. Yeah, very much. Um so we we've already we've already started reaching out to quite a lot of um new games um and the, and forming partnerships with with new games the um the main um the main sort of approach uh, the main approach we're taking really is that um you know if there's another p2e game out there that's close that's in the market or close to the market then then you yeah, know we'd like to partner with them and and we'd like to have um any of the players that that are in our guild who want to play their game being able to play their game and
0: um what kind of games are, are you targeting more like um, games that already have some sort of traction like theta arena or pegaxy or games that most people haven't heard of but you want to be early and you want to get more of the upside
1: yeah so um main mainly implied in your question there is that is in terms of getting some some of the upside is is it is um, uh, uh, an assumption that we're investing in these games um, like taking their tokens in early games it's not actually our approach um, our approach more is to buy the NFTs that, that players need to, to buy in order to play these games so we're not an investor in the game where we're, we're buying the game assets that, it, that, that players need to play with and then and the reason we do that is because our whole purpose is to make those NFTs available to our players and to let them play with the nfts that we've bought and let them share the and then they share their winnings with us because they um you know they didn't have to buy the nfts themselves um we bought them on behalf of the guild members and um and and the the quid pro quo is that they uh they, they share some of their winnings so um so yeah our partnerships with our games is all really about NFTs, not about um, investing in the underlying games themselves. Got it.
0: And how do you make those decisions? What do you look at?
1: we've got a um, uh, we've got a, a team that uh, reviews any any of the the potential you know P2E games that that we could partner with. Um, and uh, you know, that, so they they speak to the team, they speak to the P2E game um, uh, and and their team. Understand the gameplay, and, and we get some of our players to um, to, to play the game and, and give us feedback, and you know, test it, check it out, um, you know, see if it's exciting, um, you know, see if see if you know, recommend to us um, whether or not it's something that we um yeah that we should we should bring into the guild or not. Um, but the, the you know the other factor is uh, we also do an analysis of their ROI, um, return on investment. So. Um, we, we really, you know, we're really keen to understand and you know, get, get to the bottom of the, um, the, the game tokenomics. Or not the game tokenomics, so much the game economics, really. Um, you know, so, so if we were to buy an NFT for, you know, $300, for example, like, you know, and we were to make that available to a player, well, what's a player likely to earn from that NFT? You know, how much per day, how much per playing session, you know, how much per month could they earn with that NFT? and what what share can we reasonably get of those player winnings so so really what, what we're really trying to calculate for ourselves is is what we're likely to earn for the $300 that we just spent buying that nft so for every new game that we look at you know we want to look at the the gameplay and you know make sure that it's a that's a good game not a you know a game that people aren't going to be interested in playing and um and we want to make sure they've got you know good game economics um, that uh, yeah, you know, that make it worthwhile in the p2e world for players to 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 play and for for a guild to get a fair return on our investment
0: what what range of rois with the games you're looking at right
1: yeah um okay so, so to answer that question we we convert everything to sort of to per one thousand dollars spent okay so because obviously each nft is different each nft is differently priced so you can't say oh i want to i want to I want to get $10 a day from that NFT or from every NFT because every NFT is, you know, you, you have to pay a different amount for. So with that preface to answer your question how what, what what return are we looking for? We're really looking for a return of about $5 per day for every $1,000 that we've invested in in an NFT. That
0: that is the gross return that will be shared among scholars
1: and the guild. Uh no, it's the net return. So that's that's our return um, so really so really where the gross return if you like is you know is probably um, you know ten to fifteen dollars a day depending on what percentage of the play of, of the gross winnings the total player winnings we take so you know if we were to take fifty percent of the player winnings then then um, we'd want to see ten dollars per one thousand dollars worth of nfts so that we could get five dollars from the one thousand dollars worth of nfts but If the player winnings, if our share of the player winnings in that game, you know, determined by the market or other factors should be, you know, a third, then we'd want to see that the player can earn $15 for the $1,000 worth of NFTs. So the week our third is reaches our sort of, you know, $5, $5 ROI. Got it,
0: got it. I mean, just like doing a quick math, um, like assuming you share the earnings 50-50 with the scholar um, that is like ten dollars, and um, I mean j- j- just from from five dollars to um, on one thousand dollar investment. Um, the payback period is like somewhere around two hundred days, and so in total, the gross return you're looking for in a year is like somewhere around three four x, I guess.
1: Um, That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, good, good, good. Quick maths, and, and and to put some different sort of like um, uh, different numbers to the same maths. Um, if we've got uh, five million dollars deployed in NFT, then let's uh, and and they've got and we've got five thousand players with NFTs worth one thousand dollars. So um, you know five thousand times one thousand is five million, and we're earning five dollars a day from five thousand players net. Then we're earning twenty five thousand dollars a day from for, on our on our five million dollars deployed. Um, $25,000 a day, $750,000 a month. $750,000 a month is nine million dollars a year. Um, so, you know, your, your quick math said that we could get, you know, an ROI of, of a payback of, you know, over 200 odd days with a two times, two to three times sort of return on the money. So, nine million dollars a year on five million dollars invested is roughly, you know, there's your two, there's your two times um and you know it takes and taking about 200 days to get one times you know the whole year to get two times
0: cool cool Th- thanks for that um detail. Uh, that that makes sense and what is the average ticket size that you invest in new games nfts um well
1: they're all they're all a bit different but but most nfts seem to be um seem to be around well, so firstly, firstly, like most NFTs seem to require you to buy a few NFTs to play. It's not usually just one. You know, you might in Axie you need to buy three Axies as a minimum to 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 form a team. You know, like and in um you know in in Sidus, for example, which is another P2E game that's just coming to the market with their you know their alpha and their beta testing and and um and they'll be you know. They'll be in the market pretty strongly over the next three to six months, and, and then one of the game partners that we've formed. So, um, in X, Inside Us, um, you uh, you need to be able to you need to have three um, heroes uh, who will you know conquer the meta- metaverse out there in space on their spaceships. But so the NFTs that you can buy are things like a hero or a spaceship, um, you know, or some land um, in, in inside us. Uh, and they're all different i mean some uh, some are uh, 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 really i don't that mean cheap hero but the lowest cost the lowest cost hero that you can buy um in um in Insiders is around you know fifty to a hundred dollars um for a common hero whereas for us for a, a a legendary hero um it's about um i think it's about two thousand dollars and for um I've got it the wrong way around. For an epic hero, it's about $2,000, and for a legendary hero, it's, um, it's more like $5,000. So, you know, it's all a bit different. And um, but but the bottom line is that 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 you know these are all numbers that are outside of the 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 um you know the affordability of a lot of people you know that want to play p2e games. So so the utility of a guild really is to is to hold hold this pool of assets on behalf of all of its players and kind of you know let, let players kind of come to the library if you like and and borrow the you know borrow the nfts that they need um share the winnings with us because you know we've we bought them for them for the for the guild and um and then when they're done they can take them back to the library and get you know, some other nfts from some you know from some other uh for some other game um, because you know, they may uh, they may not need them anymore because they're able to buy them because from their player winnings or or they might just have got bored with that game and they want to go and play another game or, you know, all, the, all their mates, all their mates are suddenly playing this other game and they want to get it, go and play that other game, even though they're having a great time over here. But 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 they want to play with their friends and they, they don't have a spare five thousand dollars to buy the NFTs to play, but they can all join a guild and and um, and get the NFTs that they need.
0: So sorry, my my question was about like, let's say you decided to invest in ciphers NFT. Um, like, how, how much do you usually invest? Is it 10k, 50k? Like, when you decide to invest in a new game, that that was. Mm.
1: Uh, okay. Um, so how much in total? What like you know might we invest? Yeah. Um, the sort of um the sort of sort of uh, ticket size, if you like, that um that game partners like to see from from guilds is is probably a. You know at the very bottom around fifty thousand dollars i mean ideally they'd like to see a guild you know put a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars on the on the table um but they're so they're kind of like toe in the water type investments if you like they're they're the you know the first investment you might make as a guild when you're establishing the partnership especially with some of these games where you don't even know for sure whether they're actually going to fly um so you know you've got to be a little bit careful not to you know over invest Um, It's also a question, obviously, about the diversification of our own own overall portfolio and the funds available. But but you could see how you could could easily, you know, sort of invest $100,000 to $200,000 in buying enough NFTs from a a game in a a pre-launch stage. Give 50 to 100 of your players a chance to try it out. Um, And if the game flies and and players love it and, um, you know, when it's launched, it's a great success. Then you know we might have we might have bought half a million or a million or two million dollars worth of worth of their NFTs. Um, so you know it, it kind of yeah it depends on 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 how the, the on the roadmap depends on the tra- trajectory of the game as much as anything. Um, the funds available, how we want to diversify across different games.
0: Got it. And I, and I guess an upcoming blockchain game wouldn't want all their NFTs to be sold to guilds, right? They would want to have some allocation to non-guilds non-managers pure players as well what do, you, what do you think about
1: that well definitely I mean they you know they, they they want to get a spread they want players they want they want guilds um but but at the end of the day the quickest way for them to actually get players for for a launch is to go to guilds so um you know they, they're they're very keen for uh for guilds to to be putting these sort of dollars on the table buying, um you know buying lots of nfts pre-launch
0: okay um now i want to talk about something that that was very exciting for me last time we spoke about uh and that this is like about what differentiates you from other guilds and i would want to hear more about this like the debit card product that that you're been working
1: yeah okay thank you um yeah so our main point of difference from other guilds is that we're building a complete fiat gateway for our players and providing them as, you know, the, the, the key to that for your gateway is a um, is an Earn Guild branded MasterCard that we, that we give to the players. And, you know, the reason we're doing that largely is to give them a much more cost effective and faster and simpler way to get their play winnings out of the game or the various games that they're playing um, into, um, you know, to, it, into into their bank or you know, as cash so that they can go and buy something at the supermarket or at the, you know or at the go out to a restaurant or buy something online or whatever they want to do with their, their player winnings
0: and maybe to to touch on the problem here the problem is let's say a scholar earns SLP or another token they gotta like go to usually a Binance a centralized exchange and then withdraw we'll those earnings from a centralized exchange to the bank account. To their bank account but if mm. they don't even have a bank account they can they probably can't even open an account in a centralized exchange so that probably creates a lot of problems right then and i guess the idea with the card is to solve those problems
1: yeah yeah so let me um absolutely you're right now let me sort of like step through what say an Axie scholar has to do to just just by way of example and, and what you know what the problem is and then 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 I'll let you ask me what our solution does. Um the to when when a player, let's say a player wins enough um SLP tokens after a week of Axie playing, um, SLP stands for smooth love potion. And um they're um let's say they've let's let's say they've played all week and they've got they've got fifty dollars worth of SLP because they've played really hard and they've earned, you know, they've earned ten dollars net a day um now fifty dollars is a lot of money to um to a lot of uh, a lot of people in the developing world and that's one reason why it's um you know play to earn games are very exciting for you know millions hundreds of millions of 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 game players around the world um the but to get that fifty dollars you know to go and buy the family some food or some you know petrol for the car or to pay for electricity or whatever like to just for day-to-day at the end of the day many of these players are actually doing it for their day-to-day living expenses but to get that fifty dollars into their hand they have to sell they have they have to sell the slp on on binance it's it's the the main you know i don't think it's the only exchange that you can sell slp on but it's it's the one that has the most liquidity and, and and has some fiat gateway solutions so um, so they have to transfer the SLP from their from um, their Axie from their Axie wallet to um, to the Binance um, to the Binance wallet. They have to convert it um, then to into you know, on Binance. They have to sell it for you know, un- under a, um, a, a, a an SLP ETH pair or possibly an SLP BTC pair. Um, I'm not sure. But, um but they basically have to convert eslp into something that they can then con- they can then sell on the binance, um portal to fiat so that they end up with with um fiat in their in their portal on binance and then they have to do a wire transfer of the um of, of the fifty dollars if they've still got fifty dollars um, to their to a bank account that they can you know their bank account or somebody else's bank account. Now, that's where actually the you know one of the biggest problem is big, biggest problems is because half of the people playing Axie actually, actually don't have bank accounts. So, um, and it was really that realization that that um, that took me that, that made me go looking for a fair gateway solution. Um, so you know even if you were to move your um, even if you were to do a wire transfer of your your funds from finance to your bank account, it's useless if you don't have a bank account. So. The solution that, that that many Axi players have for this is that you know someone has a bank account in their friendship or family group, so they they why transfer the money to you know to that that someone, you know, and it could be a person in another another village down the road, um, you know, it could be could be a, a friend, a, a mother or father of one of their their mates, um, so it could be a money changer down the street, um, so. You know, there's a lot of risk involved in that, and there's potentially, you know, a lot of profit taking as well, where you know somebody could take, I don't know, you know, you, you tell me, you know, two percent, five percent, ten percent off the table for, uh, you know, for providing this, for providing the cash. So, so you know, the the problems are cl- the problems are obvious. You know, the a you have to be actually quite crypto savvy to know how to do this. You know, to to, to get your money through Binance to end up in a bank account. Um, you even need to know how to sell on an exchange, sell, sell tokens on an exchange, how to do the whole buy ask sort of you know, thing. So that's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, you, secondly, you know, you, 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 it takes two to three days to actually go through this process. Thirdly, you know, you might not have a bank account. Um, and if you don't have a bank account, you've got to use a friend's bank account. Then, then the fees and the risk of, of that are quite high. Um, so, you know, it's all. It's all actually quite unsatisfactory, especially when you're talking about somebody who's, you know, played pretty hard during the week for their $50 and and they want it now. Um, So so that's um, that's why we went looking for a solution. Got
0: it. And how did you solve this problem?
1: Yeah, so we we went looking for a partner that um, that had um, the ability to provide us some um, uh, B2B fiat gateway banking support. And um so we found a we found a partner out that's um that's got uh, uh that offers Fiat Gateway solutions to um to the crypto community um out of London and uh, out of the UK and the US. Um and uh, yeah, we signed up a contract with them and uh so we we can we can now provide uh a bank account um to uh to, to our players. Uh, through a white labelled and um, supported by our partner, so on the the player portal, they essentially can have you know can have a USD um, uh, e money wallet. It's called so it's it's um they, they can hold USD in an account um, and they can have a Mastercard so that um, so that they can uh, they don't have to transfer that money to to another bank to be able to access it. So they can they can load the funds. Um, that we we give them either into their account that we provide the USD account or into their USD Mastercard, um, and that means that there's no delay, no fees, no um, no knowing you know they don't have to know how to be a crypto expert to to manage and navigate the exchanges, and they don't run the risk and 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 the the potential sort of like extra fees of of having to use a friend or a friend's you know or a money changer down the street. Got it.
0: And so, from the end user's perspective, let's let's say I'm a scholar. I earned $50 worth SLP, and um, right now, normally guilds they just send it to my say crypto account. Then, like you said, I gotta withdraw it to Binance, then from Binance I gotta exchange and withdraw it to my bank account. And now, the alternative you're providing is that. Um, I would be receiving a card and a bank account that would have fifty dollars inside this bank account, and there won't be any fees, right?
1: Well, that's that's right. so we're we're not going to take we're not going to charge a fee for um for doing for providing the service to our, our members. There are some transaction fees obviously built into the to the account and the card, but they're you know they're normal banking type transaction fees. We make a margin on some of those fees. So the, the arrangement we have with our banking partner gives us, you know, a small margin on on that those transactions. But you know, they're they're quite you know, they're quite commercial, they're quite normal, um, they're all disclosed to the customer, of course. And um, you know, there's no sort of there's no raping and pillaging going on um, for our guild members to, you know, to take you know, take money out of this out of the solution that means that they may as well have gone through all that other. That other heartache, and and we're not actually providing a better result. So, um, yeah, it's it's um it's designed designed to you know actually meet meet a need in um yeah, in, a, in a very cost effective and, and timely way
0: and the way I think about it is like the long term play here is that by banking these like unbanked scholars you also like it's it's more like a long-term fintech play where you can earn from interchange fee from their spending and you can then offer different financial products do I I think about it in a right way or maybe I'm
1: yeah I mean that's that's not you know we're not being especially you know sort of strategic about that or trying to be too clever and thinking about the long term play or you know turning ourselves into the p2e bank or or anything like that um you know that's 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 a possibility but um you know we, we really we really start and stop at the moment as uh, a community of players and, and um and, and and we're just building infrastructure around that community to make their experience with p2e games you know the best that that they can have um, with the least friction and the least delay and the least cost and solving um, you know solving problems that they experience um obviously you know when if we've got you know hundreds of thousands or millions of p2e gamers in our guild using our own guild mastercard we almost become you know a, a, an alternative banking solution for those people um that's a that that would be a good problem to have um, we'd need to think very you know uh Carefully about how we use that. Um, yeah, you know, that situation should that develop, but that's not. That's not what we're seeking. That's not what we're sort of like. That's not what's driving us. That's not where we started and where we're trying to go. Got it. And
0: <laughs> one thing I'm curious about: how do you send the physical card to these scholars?
1: Yeah. Um. They. 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 Um. It depends what country you're in. Uh. Generally, if you're uh if you're in the uh if you're in the US or Europe, um. It would be couriered to you by DHL directly, um, but if you're in say Asia or Central South America, Africa, um, we would uh, we would send it to a local courier and it would um, you know in, in batches, um, and we would distribute them from a local mailing house uh, more cost effectively, you know, using local postal services.
0: How many card users are there right
1: now? Oh. About ten, because we haven't launched yet, Um, and the ten are all testers. Uh, We only uh, we only you know we only launched in Guild uh, in October. Remember, we actually only went live with our um, with our banking partner about ten days ago. So we're we're just uh, doing the you know right now literally doing the the you know the, the first onboarding testing integration steps. So we're probably about. A month away from being able to um, get or you know to invite all of our scholars all of our current scholars to be able to apply for a card
0: okay and, and I, I gotta say i mean um for for a guild that started in october it's a pretty impressive um execution track record like you've been acting pretty fast and i i, I gotta like congratulate you for that um yeah
1: and- thank you because these these things are not 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 especially easy to do so um you know to be able to do something like that within a few months is um yeah it's been quite a challenge but uh it's been good fun along the way nice
0: and also on um, one thing i saw on your uh, white paper that that got, got my interest was this this partnership that you built with ledger score for credit scoring can you talk mm. a bit more about that what what is the problem there and how are you solving it with by partnering with ledger score
1: yeah i'm um, very keen to do that but do you mind if i just um Control the uh, the agenda for a second here, and and just make one more one more comment on the card. Sure. Um, And then and then we'll then we'll uh, very very happily move on to ledger score. Um, There's a sort of a there's a there's an underlying assumption that the card is of utility for um, the Angul Mastercard's utility for the um, for for players in developing communities in in the developing part of the world. Um, It certainly is, but I think that there is a whole other market that EarnGuild, Mastercard can can very can service um, because there's there's another problem that to be solved in in the in the Western world. So you know we've got we've got hundreds of millions of players that play um, non P2E games who could be interested in playing P2E games, but they they don't. But to do so, they have to. They have to learn about crypto, um, and many players won't want to won't, won't want to do that. Um, you know, some players will, but but there are hundreds of millions of players of regular non P two E games that could mig- migrate across to P two E games if if the if they don't have to worry about the whole crypto thing. Now, crypto crypto obviously is a critical part of P two E, and I'm not at all embarrassed about that. But I I don't think that Will get mass adoption amongst the western world in P2E games without solving without providing a really easy way for them to be able to take their player winnings without without making them have to learn how to operate crypto and get a Binance account and sell their SLP tokens um, and, and all of that so they've got they've got bank accounts that don't need a MasterCard but they're very happy to take an EarnGuild Guild MasterCard so that they're able to play um, a P2E game without having to to get to get a crypto account. Um, so so there's actually two completely different problems that the Anguild MasterCard is solving for two completely different markets. And, um, and in terms of you know our ability to to grow and be a global guild that serves the Western um, you know Western economies as much as developing economies um, by providing that Fiat gateway solution. Yeah, you know, I think it's a yeah. You know, it gives us a great future and really gives us something that we can um, you can reach out into different parts of the world and not um you know not not only not only focus on uh, players in developing economies.
0: Got it. Yeah, that that's interesting to note. So 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 you think that there's opportunity in the Western markets as well, not only in Philippines, and Indonesia, Brazil.
1: Definitely. No. Definitely. Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, and, and yeah um w- what are your thoughts on the ledger score partnership?
1: yeah thank you sorry to sort of um hijack the agenda there for a second um the um so ledger is another um, another partnership that we uh, that we formed right uh, right at the start of the guild because what ledger score offers is um, is credit scoring for people who use crypto accounts and the reason why we we wanted to offer this to, um, to to players in our guild is because it gives them an opportunity at the end of the day to to get a credit score from their player winnings, so that we can we can validate uh, for them what they're earning and enable them to take their credit score to um, to get um, to get a loan to have a good credit. Um, so so for for those players who you know who who might be looking for micro loans, for example so you know talking about the 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 developing community for for a second and then also talking about how this can help the western the western economies but but in developing communities i think that uh, that if we can if we can bridge the gap between someone's player winnings out of um you know p2e gaming um validate that through ledger score to, to derive a credit score, which a micro lender can then rely on to to be able to offer them some credit, then that's an additional solution that we will that we will offer to our um the players in in EarnGuild.
0: And like I'm, I'm thinking about what type of inputs they look at when deciding on these credit scores. Do you think they look at inputs such as your gameplay performance or Discord community involvement?
1: No, I mean the the purpose of credit scoring really is entirely entirely to satisfy a regulator from a lender's point of view. For a lender to be able to satisfy a regulator that that the person who they're lending money to is able to pay it back. So and that they're not you know they're not taking on a loan that they can't afford. So the at the end of the day, all we need to to validate in the credit scoring is is the um, is the income. So we're we're kind of in a way ledger scores solution for the crypto community is 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 providing a um, you know a solution that enables them to get a credit score to go to a lender when otherwise their crypto um, their crypto related earnings would would be not included in the credit score because because as you um you know as you as you may appreciate I mean many you know basically all of the credit all of the normal credit bureaus that that um, provide Credit scores to banks for for lending around the world will um, will ask you well how much are you earning um, and I want to know what your job is and I want to see your bank account and they essentially they're just asking you about what are you earning in fiat so they none of no no one's credit score takes any account of uh, of any crypto earnings so we um you know by partnering with ledger score we really give our players an opportunity to validate what they're earning in crypto and present that to a lender in a way that will be accepted by a lender so that micro loans can occur for those um for those communities
0: got it got it now it makes more sense um for me okay i'm gonna shift gears a bit and ask you some questions about guilds role in blockchain gaming how do Mm. you see the future of the guilds lens
1: um I think that, I think that at the moment the guild landscape is, has been very much dominated by AXI um, and that there'll be two phases that, that I see us going through over the next couple of years that I'd, I'd like to talk to about and talk to you about and answering your question. One phase is firstly, um, expanding and diversifying P2E gaming um, into a whole lot of other P2E games and, and what role guilds can have in helping bring players to those p2e games and helping those games um, you know test and launch um, <clears throat> the other the next phase after that I think is for um, is for all all of those um, p2e games to then start to see guilds as as really managers of players rather than managers of nfts and I think in the second phase what we're going to see is that the guilds Guilds won't actually need to use their own balance sheet to buy the NFTs for their players. There will be those NFTs will start to come from either the games or from NFT funds, so investor in groups that buy the NFTs. So that that in the second phase, as guilds, you know, become very big, and like I'm you know, I'm talking about the stage when they get to have hundreds of thousands and millions of players, then then what they'll become, I think, is less about um, NFT ownership and more about just managing that community and being able to provide a market, you know, to, um, uh, to, to the games, to the P2E games that that want players and and be that um, be that sort of bridge between them.
0: Okay. um, touching in the one point you said, so you said that guilds or like upcoming guilds should not, um, raise new capital, but like use other guilds, NFTs, their assets.
1: Um, No, I think I think that no, no, sorry if I if I misspoke, but um, I think that what's going to emerge is is that there will be NFT funds that will that will buy that that will be essentially financial, you know, financial parties who don't want to they they want to buy They want to buy NFTs, but they don't want to run a guild. They don't want to have anything to do with the players. They just want to be, if you like, you know, the financial party Um, so. So that, that what will happen, I think, is that the player winnings will be split under this scenario three ways. You know, that for for um, for every ten dollars that a player earns, you know, the player might get five dollars, the NFT owner might get four dollars, and the guild might get one dollar. And um, and the guilds the guilds role in all of that is to help manage the you know, help to to create the community uh, that 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 um, that the players thrive in. And really, you know educate them about the games but but also effectively be effectively be the manager of those nfts for the owners of the nfts and and the, there'll be big owners of those there'll be big big financial parties that'll own hundreds of millions of nF of dollars worth of nfts for game playing and there'll be small um, nft owners from you know uh, individual owners of a few nfts that um, that they just want to sort of put into the, the guild's pool. But they want to. They don't want to sell the NFT. They just want to kind of like lend it to the lend it to the guild to make available to the player. As long as they can get their share of um, of the earnings from their rent, their use of the NFT. So um, I kind of just I'm expecting that the guilds won't have to raise all of their own capital to um, to buy NFTs into the future. I think the market will split.
0: Yeah, yeah. Agreed. OK, I guess I guess that's that's all my questions. Do you have any any final words for the audience and what is next for earn guild
1: um well firstly you know thank you it's been great uh, great talking to you um we uh, we haven't talked about our token sale at all um so in my final words maybe i'd like to to make a pitch for um for when earn guild um, has its uh tg enlisting uh in a couple of weeks the um the, the token sale that we've been um, we, we've been undertaking over the last couple of months has um has had uh, has raised 8.1 million dollars we've uh, we've had a million dollars in, in our seed round we've had 5.5 million dollars in our um in our private round and 1.6 million dollars in our um, in our public round and um, and our tge will be on the 22nd of february um, we'll be listing on um, on PancakeSwap. And, uh, and and a number of centralized exchanges that are being finalised at the moment, but we're in advanced negotiations with a, with a few, and um, and I'm quite confident that we'll be on you know two or three of them by the 22nd. Yeah, so by the time that we um by the time that we launch um or very soon after that. Um, so anybody that's uh, not been able to participate in our um in our token sale uh, through the you know seed private and public rounds can buy tokens. Um, after the 22nd of February. Cool, cool,
0: Uh, why why did you choose? So so the token is going to be on Binance Smart Chain, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, the tokens are BEP 20 tokens. Um, That's so that's why they'll be on pancake swap. We uh, we decided not to go for ERC 20 tokens for um, the obvious reason. Yeah, to do with gas fees um, because we wanted to enable uh, as many smaller uh investors to be able to trade tokens and not be um, not be prohibited from doing so because of the gas fees.
0: got it okay great darren thanks for your time i really enjoyed the conversation and i, I really gotta say that like um I'm, I'm very impressed by how how fast um you can close these partnerships and business development deals because i know a lot of projects really struggle um with, with those there are delays but um, on one hand you're managing a guild which requires a lot of operationally intensive efforts and on the other hand you're closing these deals so it's it's pretty impressive so good luck on on the listing and yeah thanks for thanks for joining the podcast